0: I am. Hello and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. It's myself, Niall, and Andrea Cleary beside Hello. me. How are you?
2: I'm good. Good. We've, We've been... a slightly new setup here, so it's...
0: Yeah, I'm much closer to you. Am I closer to you?
2: It feels that way. It is.
0: It's a smaller desk. Th-
2: this tiny ass desk. Yeah, as it's a tiny ass desk podcast.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, so on this podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, Mango and Matman's debut album called Casual Work, that's later on the show. We'll be reviewing tracks from Jape, um, Rosalia, Villagers and more, and we're also going to be talking a bit more about, uh, I don't know, maybe model train sets? We'll see. This and that. (laughs) Why not? But first we'll start with, well, first of all, I want to get a quick plug out of the way. Okay. Because I've been working on it for the last few weeks and we haven't had a podcast where I've been able to mention last who's, play, who's <laughs> played it. Um, we did, our last was a special about Kanye's album, Jesus is King. Maybe you want to talk about that at some point? No. Maybe not. Okay, we've talked about it privately. You're, you're good about it. Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> I think we d- devoted a, a whole episode to it. That was fine. Um, it was a good
2: episode. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Yeah
0: great yeah it wasn't a good album but you know we got, we got content out so of that's, it so. that's all you need to know um yes yeah, so uh, fresh mode is a series of gigs that's starting this thursday that's thursday the 14th of november in the well on stevens green they are free if you register on eventbrite on the 14th on thursday which is today if you're listening to this uh, we have Jafaris and melina malone playing a free gig in the well uh, It's the site of the former dandelion uh, club uh, it'll be the first major gig that's happening there. So I'm really excited about that. have been working on that a lot. Next week, we have um, Bantam and Denise Chyla and God Knows and Sailor La de My playing as well.
2: It's pretty huge. That's
0: the 21st. And on the 28th, we have Nilo, Tebby Rex and Pat Lagoon all playing on the same night. That's the 28th. And those gigs are all free. You just have to register for them. Uh, Who says Fre- there's
2: nothing fun To do in Dublin right, There you go you know? Fresh
0: mode is uh, You can find that, that uh, Linked up um, Everywhere pretty much I post anything Instagram And on nylon I'll take us on an event bite It's called fresh mode uh, Doing it in conjunction With a The well The new place On Stephen's Green And in association with Franciscan well Free point for everybody as well Nice When you get there as well. So that's nice There you go Yeah so uh, That'll be fun So hopefully that'll be fun So looking forward to that another, another quick plug Go on I, I'm just seem well, to be doing no, lots No, we'll of allow stuff. it. We'll allow it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm hosting q and A Q&A next week um, uh, in the Lighthouse Cinema uh, on Tuesday, 19th of November. Uh, it's a Q and A with the director Seamus Murphy of the film uh, of PJ Harvey's film A Dog Called Money, and that tickets are on sale for that now. I'm doing a Q and A afterwards, so if you're interested in that, come along. Uh, movies up on Mooboo. Mubi. You know, Mubi. It's like no. an online independent kind of cool. Um, Netflix.
2: M U B I. M U B I. Yeah, Yeah, on 22nd
0: November. So if you can't make it next week, you can watch the film from then. But it is the 19th of November in the Lighthouse Cinema where you can come and see the film. So that's all my plugs out of the way.
2: I have nothing to plug. No? No, nothing. No, not much on. Okay,
0: (laughs) grand. We'll leave it there. So, all right. So what have we been up to? We went to
2: Lizzo. It's been the year of
0: Lizzo. Yeah. So, yes, we went to see Lizzo in the Olympia. I bought tickets for anyone who was wondering. Yeah. (laughs) I genuinely bought tickets because I had a few people go, you didn't even buy tickets.
2: Yeah. And you Um, hit me up about three days before and you were like, do you want to go to Lizzo? And I was like, (laughs) Niall, I absolutely want to go to Lizzo. Thank you. And we went to Lizzo and it was an interesting gig for many, many reasons. I think a reason to start with was how much kind of hype and support the support act had.
0: I was really struck by that. Yeah, Sophie Eris was her name. She yeah. was the, um, the tour DJ for Lizzo. Yeah. Um, so she was on stage later that day but or that night, but it was essentially her doing R&B and pop hits and uh hyping the crowd up and my god they did not need much hyping did they no
2: people were going in there just absolutely ready to lose their minds it was yeah. brilliant um yeah support act was so so strong i like i think i remember saying to you at the time i was like where's where's her album because she did like a little so, like a rap, not sure if it was like freestyle at the end of it.
0: Yeah, so she played one of the original tracks, original Lizzo bangers, Buy yeah. Some Cookies, and she uh, is on that track. Mm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we need some, to watch out for her. Yeah, Sophie Eris. Yeah. See what happens. Um, but that was just a support act. Yeah. Um, then came the main event. Then came Queen Lizzo. Yeah, Melissa Jefferson, and she's known to some people, but yeah. Lizzo, she's known to everyone else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she just came out behind. So the whole stage was set up like a church. Mm-hmm. We were in the Church of Lizzo. Um, she came out like it was almost like a a Muppets style reveal. She just like popped up <laughs> yeah, from was. the pulpit of the church yeah. and started. Uh, Uh, singing and it was like everyone just lost their minds Mm. but it was a really nice uh, way, respectful way that it happened you know like I've heard uh, stories about maybe some of the younger artists like Billie Eilish and how people just have their phones out straight away and they're like focused on her it felt more like a celebratory gig for everybody that was there like Sophie Eris beforehand she was like who's here with her partner and it was like mm, yeah who's here with their best friend I yeah.
2: Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it really
0: felt like that would like set the tone for the evening you absolutely know? and Lizzo's message of, uh, of empowerment and uh, as she likes to put across in a lot of the album because I love you is about that kind of stuff and uh, it really came across but just She's such a magnetic uh, performer, mm. such a likeable person.
2: I I just found that like it she just seemed so sincere. Like I know there's a there's a lot of this like positive self-talk and self-love and you know that's all great to have in the world, but in the past year or so it has kind of been co-opted by brands and we've started to see a bit of a shift away from that that kind of thing being something that you need to feel guilty about if you don't look after yourself properly, it's starting to like eke into that. Whereas it was just so refreshing last night, to, or not last night, Monday night, um, Sunday night, S- Sunday night. Jesus Christ, what day is
0: it? It's Wednesday. Um, it's Wednesday
1: we, today. Record
2: Wednesdays we record on Wednesday. We record on Wednesdays. We go to Lizzo on Mondays. <laughs> um, <and> the Sundays.
0: <laughs> we were at the church on Sunday. That was we're the whole church point. On Sunday. <laughs>
2: See? Oh my god! Anyway, yeah, you really have so, list kind of
0: album, haven't listened to that of album, have you? Was,
2: <laughs> it was lovely on Sunday to just have a a real kind of sincere message of like self love and self care, and you know she was talking a little like she led everybody in a breathing exercise, and so we we were up in the balcony, <laughs> um, but yeah, we could see the whole crowd, and when she did that, when she was like, "I'm gonna." like basically lead everybody in a breathing exercise. Everybody was just on board with it. Like there weren't any phones out or anything. It was just people were there and you can just tell it meant so much to everybody there. It was just like, I haven't had that kind of affirmative live experience in a really, really long time. Yeah. It's been I mean, ages. we were
0: very lucky to see her in a place like the Olympia. And that's what everyone's Insane, been saying since like. the chicken went on sale. Yeah. Maybe they caught her at the right time or they decided to hold off for her bigger geek because surely she could do it now. She could do the three arena. Absolutely. But you certainly would lose some of the impact. And like my it's my favourite place to see bands. Me is too. The like it's a great place to watch everyone else like enjoy it as well. Yeah and like I just really enjoyed that part of it. She was also performed with uh four dancers on stage as well. They were incredible. So, that was just it was just a lot of energy. A yeah. lot of energy. She has a lot of energy. She is uh an absolute boss.
2: She's just a powerhouse like to be able to dance as much as she does and still hit every note like it's just such professionalism in her Um, but she makes it look so easy at the same time like oh she and like her outfits were absolutely stunning she had like 100% that bitch trousers which I need to find somewhere (laughs) I I need them um but yeah like one of the gigs of the year certainly that's before
0: you even mentioned the fact that she we finally saw the flute
2: Sasha B. Fluton.
0: Yeah. She
2: whipped out the flute, played a little bit from... My the, heart will go on. From the Titanic yeah. theme, which was great. <laughs> oh, and my, I think my favorite thing, and perhaps your favorite thing of the night, was that she didn't know the you know when crowds go ooh 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 yeah. she had never heard that before and she was like oh my god what is this <laughs> so she got the crowd to do it and then she started like singing or rapping
0: over it it was unbelievable i've been thinking about that a lot cuz i hear it a lot at gigs and mm. recently especially and i'm kind of does anyone know the origin of that song or like that chant? Is, is it, it a regular... Irish? I don't think so. It's a, It happened at like dance gigs back in the day. Yeah. And I, can't, I think, it, I feel like it's a song. That maybe it's a
2: rave it. thing.
0: Yeah, I think it is. But yeah. like it's just being co-opted now on a much wider scale that I can't actually, it's obfuscated the source of the material for me. I can't remember what the song is. Yeah. Or like why it started. Yeah. Or maybe it was just an easy like thing to do over a 4-4 beat and somebody started, and it just caught on.
2: It is, but it's all yeah. It's I, I always find things like that really interesting when when they catch on. Even like you like football chants and stuff as yeah. well. Like there's been like books written about how they catch on and what makes them work and what doesn't. So I think the the ooh 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 thing is Something definitely really simple, interesting. That's all. Yeah. you know. Yeah, definitely. Like ole ole ole. <laughs> yeah, I always get really mad when I'm. Not in Ireland, and or if I see non-Irish crowds doing ole ole, because I always feel like it's an Irish thing, and then I'm like, no, it isn't at it's all. Definitely it's definitely not. Ole <laughs> is not an Irish word. It's
0: not even an Irish word. No. no. <laughs> unless unless we can find some etymology of, of ole that actually is actually that actually means guan go, go there It
2: means oh yeah, and then she was talking about the crack as well, which I was just very charming when yeah. she was talking about that.
0: She found out what crack meant.
2: Yeah. Oh, she's great. Um, she she's also just found so out good.
0: What, uh, uh flute means as well.
2: Oh yeah, I saw that interview. That was very funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it was a great gig, a very enjoyable. Brilliant gig. Uh, we were out way too late for a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, we won't be doing that again. No. No, no, definitely not. Um but it was great fun. Uh, and yeah, I just like it was brilliant crack. I enjoyed it to bits.
2: Felt like everyone that was there needed that gig. It yeah. came at the right time in everybody's lives. I think we all so. it. Yeah, yeah we sure. all needed Liz
0: For sure. Uh, What else is going on? Well, uh, (laughs) um, speaking of crowd reactions, one crowd reaction that did not go so well uh, over the weekend was uh, Drake getting booed at uh, Tyler the Creator's Camp Flognaw festival. Um, He was booed off stage by fans who wanted to see Frank Ocean. So basically, this narrative had
2: developed.
0: (laughs) 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 Basically, this narrative had developed uh, uh, at this festival or before this festival that Frank Ocean was going to be the guy who would show up. And Mm. played a surprise set. There was a secret guest build basically. And uh, when Drake came out. People were pretty pissed off in the front row. Especially front Mm. rows. And Tyler was there in the front row. And this is what happened when Drake caught the mood. And figured uh, what was happening. When he gave the crowd a choice.
1: Vlog now make some noise for yourself tonight. You know. I'm going to tell you. Like I said, I'm here for you tonight. If you want to keep going, I will keep going tonight. What's up? If you want to keep going, I will keep going tonight. But look, it's been love. I love y'all. I go by the name of Drake. Thank you for having me. I
0: have to say... Fair play to Drake for not, like, freaking out about that. And, like, he's a superstar artist and, like, adored on stage. And when he played in the three Arena earlier this year or whatever it was, um, you know, he had flying cars and all that kind of stuff. And he is what he is. And he he, he trades off that, like, kind of reputation. But uh, in the moment, that was quite a reserved reaction. But maybe he also didn't want to be there. <laughs>
2: I, I think... Maybe he didn't want to be there. People didn't want him to be there. It, it might not, it might be like, so he obviously sells out his gigs and he has his fans and stuff, but like I've, I gave up on Drake a long time ago. He's just made too many mistakes.
0: Can I tell you uh something? Yeah. I listened to Scorpion a fair bit. Why? I don't know. Why? Just cuz it has a few bangers on it and I keep putting it on whenever if I'm not in the mood for other stuff for serious music. That... I put it on I put it on a fair bit in the last few months.
2: That album has so many songs on it. I
0: know Well, I don't listen to all of them. Okay. <laughs> but I have put it on in the background for sure. Um Ugh. But Drake said uh in report uh, after the experience, it was a moment of humility, which is always welcomed. Um, he then said, uh, he explained, it was not just not my night, and he wasn't who they wanted to see. You can say that again. Uh, Tyler, meanwhile, has uh, criticized the fans who booed Drake, and also admitted it might have been tone-deaf to get the rapper to play Flognaw Festival. I thought bringing one of the biggest artists on the fucking planet to a music festival was fire. He tweeted in all caps. But flip side, a little tone deaf knowing the specific crowd it drew. Some created a narrative in their head and acted out like assholes when it didn't come true. And I don't fuck with that. Almost everyone was having a great time. Those shits in the front area were the ones being made mad rude, which I, uh, I can see why. But nah, fuck that. Y'all represent me and flogged to my guests. and made me look so, made us look so entitled and trash. Uh, that shit was like a mob mentality and cancelled culture See, in real life and I think that shit is trash
2: Entitled and trash are the words I'd use to describe Drake So, you know, stop hanging out with 16 year olds, Drake, you might not get booed off stage
0: That's true, he he still hasn't <laughs> had any comeuppance on that, has he?
2: No, he hasn't, well
0: Texting M- Millie Bobby Brown Yeah, leave example. her alone, Yeah, like
2: literally leave her alone, leave these girls alone, go away Yeah Just, just go away
0: He'd be creeping Yeah For sure Yeah so listen. Allegedly,
2: maybe I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was about to touch wood there.
0: <laughs> okay, you can touch the table.
2: Drake Drake doesn't um, listen to this podcast. It's fine.
0: Yeah, there's an interesting thing that's been happening um, in music, and I want to bring it up briefly because it may answer or uh, shine a light on some things that people have been talking about in terms of uh, Spotify playlists and that kind of stuff. Um, there's been an idea uh, put across uh, recently that uh, a lot of Features and primers on sites um, are having a negative effect on uh, with Spotify. According to this digital music news article this week, fresh allegations of a Spotify blacklist are surfacing and um, which artists are excluded from editorial playlists if their music debuts ever elsewhere. Okay. At least one source has confirmed to Digital Music News that Spotify's editorial team would not promote their newest release. They were told in writing that the decision was part of a global release parity initiative, which means that Spotify won't promote tracks that appear anywhere in advance of Spotify.
2: So if, um, say if somebody has a debut for their video or their song on a site like Neither Nine for example
0: Maybe but I think it's a, maybe the likes of Rolling Stone or somebody okay. like, like a, a huge site
2: So it'd be like if if Taylor Swift
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nicki Minaj says that uh, most recently um, sh- She wasn't supported as much As she has been because right. she debuted her music On Apple Music which is a rival platform That's different um, Spotify, yeah, I feel Sp-
2: like fair game if it's a rival platform. Yeah, but like Spotify if actually
0: dispute that and, and put out a statement saying that we put this is how we sported. We put an ad up in time, uh, Times Square and all this kind of stuff. We put it on loads of playlists. They shared some uh, details about the track streams based off like some of this work that they've done. Um, but in this case in particular, we don't know who the artist is. And we don't know how big they are. But in this case, the music appeared first on the site of a major music publication, a heavily trafficked destination. And that artist, which is currently not remained unnamed, says they po- they killed the entire playlist and they had planned for this band, while pointing to similar problems with other artists at other indie labels. So maybe not major labels ne- necessarily, but it it points to a troubling uh, hegemony that's been developing in Spotify. That they are the number one destination and the cha- and the only place that people care about.
2: Well, I'm calling it now. Spotify are going to launch their own like blog or. Review platform.
0: Mm, I don't know.
2: I think so because if if they're so, I I think the people that are ultimately damaged by this, I mean, a the artists, but b the platforms where you're debuting a, a record. You know, like if you if you have a blog or something and you're debuting a huge uh, artist's new single, that's massive for your blog. You know, and. If people are going to be less likely to do that, then that's just another nail in the coffin of music journalism and uh, like online music sites, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is worldwide necessarily. I have found the Spotify UK and Ireland uh, music editors to be much more um, reasonable in that Mm. regard. But look, it is a troublesome, troublesome And it also puts across, like I've definitely had... I, I, every now and again, we'd ask an artist, if could we feature track? And it's like, they don't want to feature before it goes out mm-hmm. on Friday on Spotify before in case it affects their thing. So there's that, I, that idea is out there and yeah. people are, are using that in their decision making. But my problem is like, and this is something I've found for years, is that Fridays are a terrible day for me to do anything online. Mm-hmm. They just does not get the same traction as a Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday, for example, Monday even. Um, it is the worst day of the week for me to get an impact for something. Yeah, so because
2: everything happens on a Friday. Yeah,
0: but also like it, it's almost like people don't look at... Uh, websites as much they maybe are listening to music on Spotify or their head is already in the weekend and they're not doing as much. They're, yeah, they're doing all the work they're supposed to do before they leave the office. True, you know, that kind of stuff. I just found that for years and years and years. Um, yeah. it's been very interesting to see that, and it's never changed really. Mm. And I found that for sure with a couple of different sites I've worked on. So I, yeah.
2: I wish that releases were more staggered and that not every There's no album reason for it to be Friday out on Fridays. guess like yeah.
0: I think albums should be out on different days.
2: Yeah, I think so too.
0: Mondays. Yeah. I think it should be out on Mondays.
2: Well, just like
0: it, I know the reason why any
2: were, any day of the week, like it it shouldn't matter. But like God, and it 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 would be more helpful for like less established artists. I mean, how how are you going to go up against like you know releasing your record on the same day that a Frank Ocean album comes out? Like, yeah, it's not it's not a thing. Whereas if you get in there a couple of days before or who after, was it know? recently
0: who changed their album release? Dermot Kennedy because he thought that. Kanye was reason And then it didn't happen Is that what happened?
2: I think so Earlier this year Maybe I feel yeah. I feel like that was a thing Okay Well look That might also be more slander though
0: Maybe okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's time for Reasons to be Cheerful Yay Which we've decided is, is going to be a uh, Regular feature on uh, this podcast Because My god do we need The Reasons to be Cheerful We do I might find even a jingle next week for this Oh you know,
2: let's get a like, jingle Let's That'd put a jingle lovely. in
0: For Reasons to be Cheerful Perfect But look our first reason to be cheerful, you brought to the table. I did. Don't call it a train set. You've been building it for years. <laughs> uh, we all know ladies' man. Rod Stewart is a fan of tall models. But did you know he also likes building tall models? <laughs>
2: did you <he> write that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> His wife it's is rude. very tall. She is tall, and she's a model. <laughs> Sir Rod Stewart has revealed. A f- do you want to? Do you want to? you want to take this one? It is I your. It is your reason to cheer. For after all, um,
2: so Sir Rod Stewart, as he said, um, has spent twenty three years making a one hundred foot model railroad <laughs> um, of an American city in the nineteen forties. Uh, this from. The mirror.co.uk is my source here. Um, And he's really happy about it. He uh, he says of it, it's the landscape I like. Attention to detail, extreme detail is paramount. There shouldn't be any unsightly gaps or pavements that are too clean. And there aren't. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, I don't like to see flat backdrops. They spoil the illusion. So I went for more buildings and streets and tracks just to give it great depth.
0: He's been doing this for how long?
2: 23 it says Twenty
0: 23 years 26 years on my, my source I mean. well, well a between long time
2: 23 and 26 years he's been working on this
0: and it takes up most of the third floor of his beverly hills mansion <laughs>
2: <laughs> and like when you look at the picture there's there's photos of him just beside it just looking at it and he's yeah. so chuffed on himself he's absolutely delighted and it's <laughs> It's an absolutely stunning
0: feat, you know. Yeah, he's it's, so into it. Yeah. He's so into it. This
2: is what you... This, These are the kind of projects you can work on when you've got Rod Stewart money. Do
0: you know Do you know where <laughs> this was revealed originally? No. In the latest issue of Railway Modeler.
2: That's adorable. Is that your source? Yeah. Oh, that's so much better than the mirror. <laughs> oh, it's Railway just Modeler so Railway Modeler and Rod cute. Stewart. I
0: love those kind of stories where you're just like, when you find out all these famous people have these, uh, you know, uh, I walk by a a model shop that's on uh, James Street to work mm. sometimes or recycle by it. And uh, yeah, it's just funny. You're like, how, who goes in there? And then you might see somebody You might reef, see Rod um, Stewart. Like you might see Hosier come out with like, you know, a scale, a 1,500, 1500 square feet scale replica of He, he a might forest. just like
2: love jigsaws. <laughs> just loves jigsaws, Hosier. Well, you like, know,
0: jigsaws and curling books are part of the mindfulness um, that's true. thing now. So, you that's know. That's true. It's good for you, uh, but, but I yeah, love I love you, that Rod story. Garrett, that was a reason to be cheerful.
2: So happy for him! Really, you know, congratulations on the very big. <laughs> there's a <laughs> there's a picture on the mirror, and you know the way they have like an image and then a caption underneath yeah. the image. It just says, <laughs> "Rod is very proud of his model railroad," <laughs> <laughs> and we're proud of you, Rod. Well done. Well done.
0: Well done, Rod Stewart. Uh, Young, young, heart to be free tonight. Yeah. Stay, stay free. Um, (laughs) I have a couple of reasons to be cheerful. Um, One of them is a James Blunt tweet. Did you see this? No. Um, So James Arthur, the former X Factor contestant, (laughs) <laughs> Some uh, not, not very cleverly tweeted this exact phrase, this exact sentence Artists these days literally just do impressions of stuff that's gone before No originality in kids, act like it's pioneering shit Really grinds my gears man, I must be getting old Okay, this is from a man who basically got notoriety from doing covers of stuff on X Factor, and does and if you look at his setlist, apparently all of his songs are covers. So like, <gasps> <coughs> but the best thing about this is James Blunt uh, quote tweeted this: "Lucky the world still has you and me pushing the musical boundaries."
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I love James. Oh, every now and again, who's this like, other James Arthur? Oh, I
0: do know him. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. do. Yeah, he's.
2: God, he X hasn't been
0: karaoke singer As people have called him He hasn't
2: been a thing For a long time uh, What's he knows? doing tweeting
0: Who knows Anyway that was one of my it Gave me a chuckle A chuckle Good To be cheerful A reason to be cheerful uh, I have a couple other reasons To be cheerful The first one is that Other Voices in the Angle Has announced his music trail mm-hmm. And it's a very good lineup. And I don't have it In front of me right now That's okay But I know I'm playing one of the nights well, I'm yeah. DJing again so I'm looking forward to that uh, it is my one of my favourite weekends of the year and uh, it's basically my Christmas so that's what I try and do I try and enjoy that weekend down in Dingle start of end of November start of December it sets me up for the rest of the year for and, the rest uh,
2: of the year yeah
0: just yeah, the whole month. Through. Yeah. Hey, December is an onslaught. Yeah. It's it is a long an month. absolute onslaught. It's a long month. So, yeah, lots happening there. I can give you some of the artists Mango and Stewart, actually, our DJ and Alit. Brienne. Um, who else is on the list? Uh, Denise Chila, Feta, God knows. Eva Nessa Francis, really liking the sound of her at the moment. Uh, Cherim, who I actually was up in. Belfast last week for the NI Music Prize, mm-hmm. um, and they won best new best live band, I think, best new band, yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, contender award, they won that. Okay. I ended up actually at a um. Snow Drag gig, which is not something I would not really do.
2: God, <laughs> yeah, how was
0: that? Uh, I didn't really enjoy it. Oh,
2: but they're kind of lovely, though. You know, yeah, just it like it's just
0: not for me. It wasn't me. very, but like, it was lovely. Pleasant. It was basically like going to the Choice Prize, but except for the choice, it was like a big local band had sold all the tickets, and everyone had to suffer through—not suffer through, but like <laughs> watch the awards. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But. Yeah, look, it was lovely to see them in their hometown and oh, yeah. their, their um, live agent, Steve Strange, got an award and all yeah. this kind of
2: stuff. So, so nice. are one of those bands or artists that I'm just like, I'm not, you know, that interested in their music, but I'll always just like wish them well. Like, good. I'd like to see them come back and have a bit of success again and good for them. They seem you to know. be doing okay. Yeah, seem to be doing great, good for them.
0: Good for them, glad indeed. you caught them. <laughs> I do have another reason to be cheerful. It is be uh, concerning the Give Us Tonight campaign. Yeah, which we'll talk is, about a lot this here. Is pretty strong. Um, a bit of progress being made in that uh, regard. Give Us Tonight are now a representative member of Dublin City Council's Art SPC, which is the Strategic Policy Committee, and they were addressing the Doll Committee today. Um, if you're wondering what that means, it basically means that there is a representative from Give Us Tonight on these in these um, meetings, um, talking and representing the idea that we need to address Dublin and our Irish culture on a wider scale and give it more room to breed. I'll just read out very quickly uh, a bit of uh, Sunil Sharp from Give Us Tonight's opening statement to the committee, which I know this sounds boring, but this is actually really important. This is important, important. yeah. yeah. <clears throat> this isn't just about... Okay, where do I start? Hold on. Um, this is about opening our main urban centres later. That will move us in line with other European countries. Why don't theaters or galleries open later or coffee shops, restaurants or even markets? Why is there not a business model for them to open considering gyms open 24 hours and bus routes are now beginning to operate 24 hours? There's now a bus route operating um, about to open uh, on from Swords to City Centre, mm. which will affect Jam Park actually. Yeah, means that there'll be a twenty four hour bus. Apparently, I've heard. Sorry, I'm I'm going off topic here. That's okay. I've heard that uh what's happened to people in Jam Park is that you know it's a thirty something quid taxi from to the City Centre yeah. from Swords. So what a lot of people have been doing is been paying a tenner taxi to go to the airport and then getting the air coach into town. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, yeah, I just keep thinking about all these like uh, poor unsuspecting. Mm. uh tourists air who come choice. in quite late and they're just like why is everyone mashed on this air <laughs> yeah. coach? Welcome to Ireland Anyway, despite, re- I'm going back to this now, this is some uh, words Despite having record levels of tourism rejecting people out of our towns and cities at artificially early times, also putting excessive pressure on transport services and Gardaí, no other European country does it like this Licensing is unavoidable in the conversation around music and nighttime culture. The knock-on effect to performers and staff is catastrophic when a venue has to shut down. So many talented people around Ireland, young and old, literally don't have anywhere uh, suitable to perform or work anymore. Uh, We once had working show bands becoming stars around Ireland when there was a nationwide venue circuit worth talking about. We can have that again. More people can earn a living here. More will pay taxes here, and instead, the primary focus of government, councils, and tourist board is event tourism, in the shape of large-scale concerts and festivals. This results in a gig economy that is sporadic and unpredictable. By also supporting local venues and ongoing community-led events, this will lead to a more vibrant nighttime economy. Anyway, that's just an extract of uh, Sunil's opening statement, which he shared with us. We put it on 9.com today, so you can read that if you want. But that is another positive step uh, in terms of being listened to uh, mm. in terms of Irish nightlife and what's happening and what needs to change. Yep. So feeling good about that one.
2: Absolutely. And hopefully if this goes well, it'll transfer to Cork and Galway and Limerick and all of the other kind of cities that need much more support than yeah, they're getting it, after, right now well. after our
0: chat in Cork. Uh, I'm so know, concerned about Cork. Li- like live at the yeah. Keynote, we, yeah, which you can go back and listen to. Um, I felt like it needs to be brought up a bit more and, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not saying Dublin necessarily is away, but it is at the moment. Yeah. Um. So hopefully it can help all the other places yeah. um, and cities who are concerned about this. Because
2: we, Dublin seems to be a bit further into this crisis. Yeah, I think
0: that's fair. Yeah.
2: You know, in terms of how, how it affects, like, employment. And then we also have the, um, the housing crisis kind of in tandem with that. Yeah. So if we can you know if, if, if this city can kind of make some positive steps towards change there then there's no reason why the
0: others can't so absolutely anyway good luck
2: anyway yeah best of okay. luck lads
0: we're going to move on to tracks of the week this week we'll yeah. start with a track from FK Twigs this is called Sad Day Every time you look outside your window everything is just the same as before you are turning round and round you see it's a sad day for sure
1: Taste the fruit of me Make love to all you see Ah. Would you make a, make a, make a wish of my life?
0: K.A. Twigs from her album uh, Magdalene and that is called Sad Day We were actually originally talking about reviewing this album but um, I have given it a few listens I'm finding it hard work I, mm. I think that's fair I just didn't want to do it this week That's to fair, be, yeah To be 100% honest and I said that to you and I think you felt somewhat similar
2: Yeah, I, I was finding it I mean, I I love the album I think it's it's a really stunning work but yeah um, I think you just, in order to review something, you have to be able to kind of go in two feet first. Yeah. I just don't think I'm in the headspace for it right now. <laughs> so, yeah, me neither. But, but me the neither. song, I'm I'm happy to review. <laughs> that's, the, that's the
0: song that uh, stood out to me immediately. Um, it's an interesting one because it actually is review. Uh, it's... It has the album as well. Remember, we discussed this when we played one of our songs before. Nicholas Jarr is involved. Mm. But this track has uh, Skrillex, uh, Nicholas Jarr, FK Twigs, Benny Blanco and No Goldstein, who did uh, produce stuff like Blonde, Suburbs, Kanye and Pusha T releases. All are accredited as co-producers on this track. Yeah. Um, So a lot of people are involved. But uh, I would say... It's a very—it's another sidestep for what you might have expected for FK Twigs. Um, her first album had a lot of big moments on it, and what I love—I think, I think, I need more time with the, with Magdalene to really figure out how I feel about it. But there's a lot of K Bush comparisons for mm-hmm. me in her work. Um, she reaches those moments of fancy those kind of beautiful sonic moments that very few artists can. Yeah. Even though I find sometimes following her down that labyrinth of, of sonic, whatever you want to call it, she's doing uh, quite difficult Mm. on the first few listens. So I think I definitely need more listens for that one. But this song stood out to me.
2: Yeah. I, I, I tend to find myself very swept up with how she produces. I mean, I think the first track of hers I ever heard was Pappy Pacify and I was so drawn in by or it might have been Water Me but I was just so drawn in by like what she does with this the space that she allows there to be in the track like and I feel like yeah this album isn't quite as full as LP1 um And I think it's better for it. I I like when she's sort of lost in space a little bit. It kind of sounds like she's just like twirling around and grabbing these sonic ideas out of nowhere. It does definitely give that kind of ethereal Kate Bush idea of like. I don't know, it's almost like these ideas, ex- these musical ideas exist in the cosmos and they're just reaching out yeah. and grabbing them. But I'm not saying, you know? you know,
0: I hate that idea that people say, oh, you know, it's very Kate Bush or Bjork whatever. But like there's a lot of comparisons here because vocally she has a range that can match uh, yeah. a lot of what Kate Bush is capable of. So that's what a lot of what I mean in terms of yeah. like she's able to do a lot with her voice.
2: But I think even like the comparisons with Kate Bush go beyond just vocals to the kind of brown- groundbreaking stuff that she's doing with production as well. Like if you think back to what Kate was doing with Hounds of Love, there was things that we hadn't really heard before ever on that album. And I think on this album, while it's not, it's not quite you know rewriting the rule book. Um, it's definitely putting forward really, really interesting sonic ideas like especially to do with space that probably owes a lot to Frank Ocean as well and but I think she's just been pioneering this like oddity of sound since the beginning and this is the most um this is most fully formed I've heard her sound and this track is definitely a standout for me on it as well Yeah, yeah
0: Um, I am looking forward to deep de- diving into it mm. a bit more. Um, but it's hard to find time to do that these days. I have to say, yeah,
2: especially when you're listening to Drake all
0: the time. <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> in my downtime. <laughs> yeah. Drake for your downtime. Equate oh, two for your sad time. For your know.
2: sad, for your yeah. sad day. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to our girl Rosalia. She has another new track. Surprise, surprise. She does. Um, It is called A Palais, and it sounds like this. <laughs> Yes, another new track from her. I don't really know uh, what the context for this is. I think she just is, uh, you can't stop her. She's no. unstoppable. A um, couple of things about this. I watched the video first and there's a very strong product placement for Beats headphones at oh, the very there? start. Yeah, it kind I of was like grating on me a bit. But then, you know, like visually it's very arresting, always uh, does interesting stuff. Um, the start of this song is a bit like Barefoot in the Park, the song she does with James Blake, mm. and then it just changes into something else. She's wearing grills in the second part of the video, and you're like, yeah, that's the kind of vibe it's going for. Mm. How do you find this one?
2: Ooh, I don't like it. That's fair enough. It's not, it's, it's going further into the Rosalia that I don't really connect with as much, which I find a shame. Um, like, you know, in, in preparing for the podcast, I have like my playlist made and every time this kind of came around, I was like, oh, I'm just not, mm. I'm just not really that interested did you watch the in video? what she's doing. No, I didn't. It's worth watching. Okay.
0: I think it's, she, yeah, she's kind of more, this song kind of feels more like a visual piece sometimes. Okay, right. Um, very effective visuals. Uh, again, talking about production, it was produced by Rosalia El Guincho, who did a lot of the last album. Frank Jukes, who did a lot of stuff for Drake, Camille Cabello, Rihanna and Cardi B. So, okay. So, that's the direction that um, she's possibly going in. Sometimes mm. I still love it when um, she just does her voice thing, just her yeah. and the flamenco thing and all that kind of stuff, like she did at the EMA awards uh, earlier this week. Yeah, month. I think
2: for me there just Great. wasn't enough of that voice in this. There was just it was I found it a little bit overproduced, a little bit there was kind of maybe 10 things in there where there could have been two, you know. Sure, Um, What do you think of it? Do you like it? It's okay, it's okay. Uh,
0: But I I have found myself with Rosalia is that like, okay, I don't feel like this is a single track, but it Mm -hmm. might be something that was on. You're like, cool, I don't mind this. Yeah, that's um, fair. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. That's fine. Pretty much. Okay, our next track is from Jape, who has a new album out uh, this Friday called Sentinel. This is a track from it called We Threw a Dead Thing Overboard. From
1: the crow's nest I spied an iceberg I put my brain on pause Some disasters not worth observing still happen
0: Richie Egan aka Jeep, we, we threw a dead thing overboard from his album Sentinel, which is out next week. We may even talk about it in full next week, um, but this is the second track that was released from. Uh, the title track was the first one. Very much a different vibe from what anyone, well, not necessarily what you were expecting, but um, uh, quieter, more reflective, intimate um, release than previous records. Mm-hmm. You're into this.
2: I'm really into this. this. This sound is making me as excited as i was when i first started listening to Bunny bear like it's it's Ooh. that sort of i don't i just find it Big so style. like warming and yet it doesn't feel like it's an art well because he's not an artist at the beginning of his career but it, do, it doesn't feel like an artist like going to you know left a field from what they're used to doing and starting something new it yeah. it just seems to It's returning returns in. to a
0: lot of what he did in the very early days
2: as well yeah yeah that's the thing and i think it's it's brought it's brought a warmth and an introspection and a consideration like especially i know we'll we'll talk about the album next week so i won't say too much better here but in the context of the album the two tracks that have come out so far it are very much indicative of the vibe of the album but there's just so much within that. Like there's like, I feel like with this style of music, it's really easy for people to point to it and say like, oh, well that's that singer songwriter thing or do you know? And it definitely kind of just, just thinking of it in that way does a disservice to the amount of, or the, the breadth of ideas and the scope of what you can actually fit into this type of sound so yeah i'm so excited about this album i think it's it's really really brilliant um and this is a a highlight from it for sure i I just think the melody in this is so beautiful and yeah yeah yeah, really stunning really really like it
0: great i'm into this as well let's talk about more about it next week yes we move on to our final track of the week it is from villagers who released a ep a surprise ep last week called the sunday walker and this is a song from it called did you know
2: now. There's a shadow on
1: everything, and he won't know how to shake it. He can feel the love just trying of a sense of worth, he's attached to kind of game, and if we play along, he'll promise to smile, he just needs to be real.
0: As Villagers what Did You Know, uh, that is from a four-track EP that uh, seems to be songs that were mostly left over from uh, his most previous album, which was called The Art of Pretending to Swim. I did remember it in time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <of> the same <laughs> session. Fabulous album. That. So nice to get time. some extra stuff from that just shows uh, how prolific of a writer uh, Conor O'Brien is and how he's just able to knock out great tunes. Um yeah. Not seemingly with ease, but certainly with consistency.
2: Mm-hmm i'm obviously big fan of this loved the album and can hear these songs fitting in with it really well um but yeah it it goes to show the kind of the dedication to a theme that you're willing to knock off these four really really strong songs off an album in order to have it be its own thing uh but i'm absolutely delighted that these four have been released. I think this, this one's probably the the standout for me. It's the one that stood out for me anyway. Um, but yeah, just like like you said, just like consistently brilliant, you know. Just yeah.
0: Fair play not to Not much else I can say about yeah, it, but good. just, no, you know. it's just always nice to have Boogers yeah. music, I think. So, I think uh, so, yeah. We're pleased with
2: it's that. It's lo- lovely for, I say this all the time, but lovely
0: for walking around in the rain, I think, <laughs> like... Why have you been doing that recently? Oh, well, uh, you know, people might have noticed that it's
2: been raining lately.
0: Yeah, it's been raining heavily. Um, Okay, we leave that our tracks of the week (laughs) uh, for now. And uh, we will turn to our album of the week, which is from Mango and Mathman. That is Carl Mango Mangan on vocals and Adam Mathman Fogarty on production. They have a debut album that they just released. It has been four years in the making, featuring grime, garage, rap, and dance music, lifting true sketches of the youthful struggle in Dublin City, uh, talking about how hard it is to exist and a narrative that goes all the way through. We're gonna play a bit from a track called Memories featuring Irina. This is that track. Set this
1: city on fire session yeah. got me splitting this perspective on. But that's why our possessions get me a little bit harder than Wake up, 10 missed calls I messed up and you pissed off You kick off and I drift off And we both know that this thing's lost So, what are we fighting for? Now, what are we fighting for? Cause I can't fight no more But you don't want Just this life to no more Just
2: I'll give all the time that you need it You're telling me don't hold up, I'm not feeling Gotta give me some space and do my own
0: thing, with okay that is a track um memories uh from mango and Batman's casual work now the duo have been talking about uh casual work coming for a long time it finally dropped last week uh we heard the previous single from it called deep blue featuring lisa hannigan and crash ensemble and that kind of set it up for uh the idea that it wasn't gonna be a full-on uh grimy album and like garage album and hip hop album that you may have expected from seeing Mango and Madman the last few years their live shows are hyper uh, electric uh, electronic kind of uh, energy uh, a lot of tops off energy Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, rewinds and uh, uh, (laughs) sirens and and air horns and stuff like that Um, I think a lot of people who know Mango and Madman from that We may be surprised by the depth uh, and uh, the narrative on display here. There's a very clear um, narrative at play here. As I said, it's a lot about growing up in a city that's kind of abandoning you or living in a world that doesn't recognize your your worth. And uh, there's a lot to speak to that on this album. I actually think it's uh, fantastic. The first two songs in this album are fantastic. Um, The first track is a spoken word piece called Bread and Butter, which Mango first performed on a, I think it was RT Pulse, uh, about three or four years ago. He wrote that one night, and uh, it's very affecting. It reminds me a lot of, it follows through from a lot of what um, Emmett Kirwan, the poet, has been doing in the last few years, speaking about Dublin um, honestly and openly. And I can hear a lot of, there's been a lot of uh, spoken word artists that have come to prominence in the last few years, and uh, I think Mango is certainly one that has been close to that and knows a lot of these people. He mentioned the likes of Natalia Flaherty and stuff like that um, in the past, and you can certainly hear an influence of Emma Kerman on the Bread and Butter track, but I really love how that sets up the album. You can hear the Lewis tracks in the background and stuff like that, and uh the seagulls overhead and it does really set the scene for the album which immediately kicks into Deep Blue which is a very big like soaring track which has big strings from Crash Ensemble Lisa Hannigan on vocals which is a very nice thing get for them Mm. Um, and uh, it just shows you a level of ambition then that you maybe wouldn't have expected from the a grime kind of duo which is what they were originally you know thought of as um i'm really enjoying the uh way that the album moves from those kind of bangers to the more reflective moments the interludes um give you a lot of uh ideas in terms of how they you know it's kind of a narrative around the album itself about mango um acting up and himself and madman calling each other and like reconnecting and uh Deciding to do this uh, thing for a full time and all that kind of stuff. There's a good few guests on it. Uh, the likes of uh, Loa is on a track called Lonely Night. Um, Irina is on the t- next two tracks. Um, that's one of the songs you heard there where she's on it. And then a couple of uh, very Dublin vocals, uh, vocalists are on it, which may be quite jarring for a lot of people if you're never, not used to it. I've heard We've had mixed reaction to that one um, in the last week, but I think it's quite a brave thing to do. To which one? Both those tracks at uh, any other place, the one that has oh, right. kind of like the barbecue summer vibes to it yeah. and the very Dublin vocals on it, and the same with Steel on Said and Done. Um, how are you finding Mango and Madman's casual work, Andrea?
2: I'm really, really taken by it. Um, so if we cast our minds back to earlier this year when we had Pillow Queens in, we were having a conversation about Fontaine's DC and I said during that conversation that I didn't recognise this as my Dublin. This album I recognise as being the Dublin that I grew up in. Like, there's there's a bit in in one of the interludes where um, where it's Math Man speaking to Mango and he's saying, here man, look, you're racking the bollocks. And that... Just that it actually it made me laugh a lot because it reminded me of my brother and his best friend and how they speak to each other. Like these are just conversations that I'm used to hearing people around me have. And growing up, I would have heard these kind of things happen. Where, like, it's 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 so effective in getting across these these characters who are talented and ambitious and have something to say about who they are and where they come from and the unfairness that comes from a lot of kind of circumstances, especially in Dublin, especially in kind of working class communities. And yeah, just kind of how how these characters are let kind of fail sometimes and they're let get caught up in the stuff that you shouldn't really be getting caught up in. And I just found it so relatable, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a very effective um, process in terms of the narrative and how it it, uh, transpires across the album. Yeah. It's 15 tracks, but there's a lot of interludes on it.
2: And I Um, I usually don't like interludes on albums, but I think these are really, really strong in terms of setting up um, how one track moves to the other. Because, like, there are tracks on this that are just out and out absolute bangers. Like, yeah, like- Deep, Deep Blue is an absolute banger. But the one that I, w- I was cooking today in my kitchen and I was just going mad was Mad Ting.
0: Mad Ting and Oh, Chester, my God. Like, <laughs> towards the end, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I haven't heard an Irish track go that hard in a long time. And I, what I like about the kind of the sonic world of the album is that, like you said, it's not really this grime- hip hop side of things it's much more based in this kind of like mid to late noughties like dance and trance at times
0: yeah i hear a lot of garage and bass music in this yeah you get
2: a lot of that in there and that i think that just triggered a lot of like nostalgia in me as well for for the dublin that i have in my head when when i'm listening to this album um i know that they had a track that isn't on this album a while ago where it was it was a bit of a spoof of like a pirate no, no radio station. Yeah, yeah. yeah like it just it's it's that sort of like insider knowledge of that world that they just get across so so well um it's produced absolutely beautifully there's so much going on it's it's quite intricate at times and i like all of the all, all the guests on i think Loa in particular is is A
0: standout on it Low and Lisa Hannigan Yeah I I really like the Irina track I'm not sure Oh yeah 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 uh, Yeah really nice Yeah Um,
2: I I like all the guests on it I think the Lyrics are Fantastic uh, Right the way through And it's not like The whole album Takes itself Very seriously Even though it's touching On serious topics Like There's moments on it That are really quite funny Yeah
0: Like the There's a parallel Drawn from this And uh, the film uh, Dublin Old School Which, Mm. to me, I've seen the play. Actually, Mm -hmm. better to talk about the play because I think the film doesn't really work on the same level, the same relatable level. It just feels a bit too cheesy sometimes. Um, And I think it's hard to capture a reality in film and in drama that feels totally real sometimes Mm. and like without resorting to pure grit Mm -hmm. and uh, downbeat determination. There's a lot of this where I can feel the beating heart of the city in the background the whole time, but also it's their Dublin as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about it. I like the fact that they are representing themselves, they're representing their music tastes, they're representing what they love, but they're also talking. Even that little interlude chin up there about mm. uh, not being able to fly home for the funeral and all that kind yeah. of stuff would be there for the mass, that kind of thing. Um Yeah, it's, it's very affecting, actually, mm. and uh, I feel like it's quite, um, yeah, very strong album. And in a it's year, very, of very very strong Irish album. albums. Oh, you're telling me it's going to be a interesting uh, list at the end of the year. I'll give you that. Um, it sure will.
2: One. Yeah, I mean, and for it to come out so late in the year and be so kind of arresting. Um, been and successful on this for four as well. Years. Yeah, yeah. I, but I and like you can, you, tell. Can, you can hear it in it, can't you? Like you can hear that it's it's so well thought out and it's very well put together. The narrative is obviously very very important um to them, and I think they've completely succeeded in an album that tells a story and also sounds very very good. You know, and when when you've got. When you've got two people as talented as the two of them working together, it's like, well, what other way was it gonna go? You know? Yeah.
0: No, I also heard that um I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but I, I hear that they have done videos for each track on the album. Probably. Oh, that's exciting. Perhaps so it might might be one of the other reasons mm. why it took so long. Um I think they debuted some of those at uh their recent listening party. Okay. The only thing they haven't done yet is is announce a gig. Yeah, so, where's the gig, lads? I'm sure there's going to well, be a gig soon, right? Yeah. When, when, when how it's happening, come on. want to hear it. Anyway, that's Casual Work, Uh Goin' A fantastic Irish album. Again, uh, a very strong year for Irish albums. Mm-hmm. The same day, uh, Sorka Richardson released her album, First Prize Bravery. Mm-hmm. Another very strong album. So, my God. And have... I,
2: I, I will say, like, for people who, like, while I say that, I hear a lot of Dublin in this. Like, the themes in it, trans, like, transfer... I guess is the word, um, way way beyond any particular city. Like this isn't something that you can only yeah. listen to if you're from Dublin. Like it's not it's it's not the case of that at all. It's um, it touches on very very universal themes. But I think just in in an Ireland with such like such a severe amount of emigration and just all the horrible social problems that we have, it it it, yeah. it it's a very well put together piece on
0: it
1: i know? feel like
0: as well that four years has given the album some perspective in mm. terms of what's been what's happened here in ireland and how we can view things now yeah and talking about you know like your space is shutting down and all that kind of stuff and you can really feel this is uh what's coming out the other side and, and and viewing that in the rear view and going okay well we're not out of the way yet we're not mm. out of the woods yet but it's there's if anything, we're further here. into the woods than
2: ever before.
0: <laughs> no, but you can feel like with, by going through some of that, there's some perspective here. Yeah. And there's a, some positivity out of it as well, perhaps, yeah. uh, even though it's not all uh, light, yeah. I would say. yeah. So that's mine going, Math Man. Let's play another bit of a track. Um, this is the track Estates, which is the third track on the album.
1: Oh, yeah. Squad guys and knockin', So I took stock of my options Instead of stopping, get up And so I to watch no gossip Up no snuck, no was bollocks I only watch that profit You never got that So stop it Because we came in from nothing These are states we were stuck in So we hustled for years Until we made it to something I said we came in from nothing These are states we were stuck in so we hustled for years until we made it to something I said we came up from nothing These are states we were stuck in So we hustled for years until we made it to something I said we came up from nothing These are states we were stuck in So we hustled for years until we made it to something like, Me and all my brothers when the streets were full the shooters Me, Adidas, in the gooder We were thieving, think of hustles Keeping secrets from your mother Mixed Robina with the hustle. Trying to sneak it to the clubs and dropping knees And getting rubber Spending all your JSA and trainers, tears and blazing chains Live on back of crazy days We just thought we were brave and change Wrecking guys, taking names Getting my shit, take the pain Sex and cash and waving blades Get swept and duck i break away So I'm coming through all this rap shit fuck about this rap shit going a fuck about this accent Reboot you out with classics So shoot your mouth on matching. You fucking clowns are backwards Your sucks sound is so average So when you're met with eyes A lot you call yourselves a boss But you don't own shit
0: hey that's our album of the week From Mangal and Matman That is called Casual Work That song is called States So uh, thank you for that and we're going to be chatting to them soon on the podcast so we'll come back for that maybe next week. Yes indeed. Uh, It remains for me to ask Trey, what has been consuming you? What have you been listening or reading or watching in the last few weeks? I haven't thought about this
2: until literally now. It's been so long since I've done the podcast. (laughs) So I've been watching the new His Dark Materials series. Oh yeah, any good? It's... Excellent. It is absolutely
0: mixed, mixed opinions of it.
2: It's brilliant. Now I'm a I'm a super, super fan of the books. Um, does it
0: capture the nuance? It, of the it
2: books? really does. I mean, like the the first episode is basically just the first two or three chapters of the book, like verbatim. I just think, and the second episode, I watched it again last night, and I I genuinely think it's one of the you best. Watch it again. Like, oh yeah, I've watched both of the episodes twice now. You really like it. I really really like it, and I think take a
0: lot for me to watch something back again. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to do that when I was like twelve.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm thirteen years old. So. <laughs> oh, all right. That, that explains it. That explains. It. But no, I I think yeah, like as as a fan of the books, I think that now look, they're they're changing some stuff that I'm like, okay, we'll see where this goes. They're introducing a lot of book two concepts into like you know this series, so I'm a bit jarred by that. But I think I I sort of. I trust them with it, which is important, but I think that they've, they've captured the world and its nuances without hammering home a lot of the stuff that they could play up. Like, for example, do you know about like the demons?
0: Yeah. So you, you what is the the first book actually called? The
2: first book is called Northern
0: Lights. See, I read that when I was younger.
2: Yeah. Read it again. Like it's not, I d- like I read all three of those books when I was a teenager and I didn't have a clue what happened yeah, in them. Yeah, yeah. And then I read them again as an adult and I was like, oh my God, this is what it's about actually. Like it's, they're, oh, uh, they're just incredible. And, you know, on, alongside that, I'm, I'm actually still reading, I've put it down actually. I'm still reading the, the second book in the book of dust uh, trilogy, which is the new Pullman trilogy based in this world. And uh, it's called The Secret Commonwealth. And I have put it down because I know that when I get to the end of this, I'm going to want more. So I'm going to wait until I'm finished watching this. Um, what else have I been doing and listening to though? Uh, listening to the FK Twigs album, listening to actually just mostly like a lot of classical music because I haven't been on the podcast in the past couple of weeks and I was sick and I just haven't really been reviewing music. I always go back to just listening to some classical and choral music. So that's actually been really nice.
0: Nice. yeah. Nice time for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's nice. Very what good. about you?
0: Um, I've been reading uh, Ronan Farrow's book Catch and Kill. Okay. Um, about his reporting about Harvey Weinstein and all of that. It's... You may know a lot of it from the top line, kind of, and his article that appeared on The New Yorker, but it gives you a lot of the background behind it and a lot of talk. Was of... he
2: the journalist that, that broke the, um, the he, story? It, it
0: it all kind of happened simultaneously, which is very strange, because um, Jody Cantor uh, was one of the others who I think it was the New York magazine. Mm hmm who did it as well and but it, they he had way more reporting. Okay. He was basically working for NBC News at the time and um it just shows you the power and influence that Harvey Weinstein had that he was basically able to get him to stop reporting true Higher-ups in NBC yeah. and uh, allegedly. Because mm. <laughs> NBC listened to this. Um, no, but there's a lot of that. And then there's all the stuff about the Black Ops, um, kind of Black Cube, the uh, operatives from Israel who were like investigating him and trying to shut him down and Shit. crazy stuff about how paranoid he got and he was right to get paranoid and all this kind of stuff. And oh dinner. my God. Just all the details about all the horrible things that Harvey Weinstein did. And what I just keep thinking about is his brazen behavior when he would turn up... At uh, some poor woman's door, to like he would just barrel in, and like he the the sense of privilege, um, that he had for himself in that situation is absolutely shocking. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've read a lot of it maybe before, but um, just such a an complex and horrible predator. Yeah, in his uh, actions and his words and a horrible uh, personality. And the way he treated everybody and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just awful. Power and influence will get you a, lawful, a long, long way. And uh, I'm still reading it about, about 100 pages left, I think. But uh, mm. really fascinating. Really You'd fascinating.
2: recommend
0: it? Yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard listen, but it's it's a very easy read actually. Okay. Short chapters. Um, but I just yeah, if you're interested in uh, what it's like to be an investigative journalistic reporter, it's totally worth reading. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So, What's it called again? Catch and kill. Catch and kill. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that's it from mm-hmm. Ronan Farrow. Um, I've just been listening to Mango Matman for the last week, yeah. I would say, and uh the Jape album, which we will discuss soon. Mm-hmm. Um can't really remember anything else I've been listening to other than tracks I've been playing on DJing. Yeah. That's about it. Um and then I watched all the rest of that Euphoria show and a bit disappointed in how it all went out, to be honest. Okay. A lot of style over substance, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, I felt. So a bit disappointed about that. Music was brilliant in it. Um, other than that, it kind of fell away a little bit. So. Okay. And I started watching uh, the final season of Silicon Valley, which is back now. Oh,
2: yeah. That's on my list now for this weekend. Yeah, and
0: the, the last episode was particularly good. Jared. Jared is my oh, favorite character. Jared is the best. Jared is, uh, in the third episode, Jared uh, has a, just does a thing which I couldn't stop laughing.
2: What at. is your man's name, the... Gavin Belson, Belson yeah, yeah. he I think is one of the funniest characters that's ever been on television. <laughs> like he is just, he absolutely kills me. Like he's one of these people I look at him and I just start laughing. Like so yeah. I can't wait to get back in Silicon Valley now. It's Yeah. yeah is this the last terrible. series? It is, yeah. Aww. Yeah, the last season. Oh, so, yeah. that's sad.
0: Probably the right time, I'd say.
2: Maybe, yeah. 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 I just feel like there's so much they could do.
0: Maybe Mike Judge can go on to tell a similar story. But I think maybe. the, the yeah. whole Pipe Piper thing has kind of been twisted and turned so much that sure, it, like, you don't yeah. know how much more you can that's do true. it. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, maybe. Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I, what else have I been doing other than... Travelling up to Belfast And hanging There's around There's loads the, of gigs coming I went up to the Giants it. Causeway
2: Oh how, Did you like it? I did yeah It's lovely It was very windy I'd say uh,
0: Giants Causeway Not as giant as you think um, no. But the landscape around it Very nice Yeah I, would say.
2: I actually think The Giants Causeway Is great and all But the cliff walk Around it Yeah Is Exactly Is the star of the show I thought you were going
0: to tell me Something that I I was nearby But I didn't get a chance No to go to no no I like,
2: No I just think like yeah. Just I was the only one the On the cliff or... walk
0: actually We've, I was very lucky that day there was It was raining the whole day and But when I got to the Giants Causeway, it stopped for like an hour and a half, too. So I was like, yeah, it's nice.
2: doesn't rain at the Giants Causeway. Little, little fact.
0: There you go. Um, so, yeah, that was it. And that's it from us this week. We'll be back next Wednesday. We'll be back next, next Thursday Wednesday. In, in your
2: ears on Thursday. Probably yes. with the Jape album and probably.
0: Yeah, just... there can't be many big album releases left this year. I must uh, have a look and see what's left. But yeah. uh, we may discuss some uh, end of year stuff soon. Ooh, oh, God. Oh how do you feel about that? Stressed, yeah. okay. I feel
2: stressed about it Let's not talk
0: about it now <laughs> right. Okay, very good um, Well we'll leave you with a track from uh, Danny G and the Major Sevens This is uh, a song called Time, The Healer Featuring Fedda and Zaska Also, should say Very... Uh, Nice to see all the Irish bands kill it at Iceland Airwaves last yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were there, there. You had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people thought I was actually there, which I wasn't. Um, uh, Simon Roach went. Uh, he's is actually his fourteenth year in a row. Jesus. He's been to Reykjavik for Iceland Airwaves, and uh, so we sort of remember press pass. He went and did some Instagram story stuff. We have actually a beautiful video of Amac coming up shortly uh, a cappella in front of uh, Mount Elsia the uh, volcanic mountain mm. it's stunning so watch out it's for that it's just
2: occurred to me now that we didn't discuss her new track which everybody should absolutely go and listen to because it's Ooh, un- A-Mac? yeah 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 it yeah, is unbelievable yeah. it's such a good track
0: um, yeah that's the start of the album to come and i think it's going to be very good yeah. but it's just really nice to see amac and Pillow queens and loa completely dominate things uh yeah. in iceland areas as well as the likes of georgia and other acts like that. Um, I was really impressed. It's just yeah. really nice to see three KEXP sessions happen for three Irish bands. And uh, sadly, Just Mustard were one of the bands supposed to do that, but their gear got left in Dublin oh. and they couldn't do any of their gigs. Jesus. Which fucking sucks.
2: That does suck. Oh, um, Jesus. Sorry. The other was... thing
0: we didn't get to talk about was the closure of the RTD digital stations. Um, oh, but, yeah. you know, we needed some reasons to be cheerful for once. Yeah. So maybe we'll talk about that. Train time. sets instead. Yeah. <laughs> Tall models, all about tall, tall models. I yes. <laughs> Anyway I'm going to leave you with this song: It's Time to Healer" featuring Feta and Zaska from Danny G in the Major Sevens. Dre, thank you so very much for being here. Thank you for having me. And we will be back next week.
1: Bye. She said that she will wait for you. That's what she said She said you never be untrue huh.
0: That's what she said No, you don't care what people tell you about time They're magician, they just want you to feel better But you don't want to listen You've heard it all, you've heard it all before Any
1: Stop the pain. Believe me, I know. But you've got a friend. Why don't you come and